to today's episode of Money Self Made. I am your host, Elise Walsh, and if you haven't done so yet, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss another episode. And if you want to get more money motivation in your life, remember to give me a follow on Instagram at getmoneyselfmade. Again, that's instagram.com forward slash getmoneyselfmade. We also have a wonderful Facebook group where we do monthly challenges. We host a book club. We have Transformation Tuesday, Money Me Monday. So be sure to join in. All you have to do is search for the Money Self Made group on Facebook or go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash money self-made. And without further ado, let's talk about today's episode. We have a really great one lined up for you today. Uh, It's featuring a great old friend of mine named Jessica Robeson, and she is a ton of fun because she's actually a hawk whisperer by day. So she tames hawks. She's mother of hawks for you Game of Thrones fans out there who can get that reference. And then another really cool thing about Jessica is she managed to pay off nearly $48,000 in debt in just over a year. And not to mention, as icing on the cake, she did it in the middle of the pandemic 2020 financial crisis. So she has learned a lot of really great actionable tips, tactics, and strategies, and little nuggets of gold that I cannot wait to share with you today. The best part is, even if you are not in debt, her financial strategy is one that scales to all of the seven stages of financial uh, infinite infinity wealth. So whether you're looking to build your emergency fund, your FU fund, or just retire at 30, all of Jessica's strategies work and we'll see you through all of those phases. So without further ado, I'm excited to get started. Enter Jessica. Hi, Annalise. Hello, Jessica. This is Money Self Made, and you are uh, joining a meeting today with Jessica Robeson, who's one of my personal heroes, especially because today we're going to talk about how she brilliantly accomplished an incredible goal of getting out of debt. And I've been following her story on Instagram, which is extremely inspiring. And it was very rife with anticipation and suspense because she was counting down all of her progress through 2020. And I think she got out of debt in probably one of the more more complicated years to achieve that goal. So without further ado, I would like to introduce um, animal activist, wildlife specialist, and teacher, Jessica Robeson. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you, Annalise. I'm so honored that you invited me. So I can't wait to talk with you about this kind of stuff. Same. I am so honored for you to be here. Thank you for joining us. And I searched high and low for the perfect person because when I asked everybody what their biggest financial question was, it is how to get out of debt. Tell me more. Like what, how did you, how did you get to be in debt? And then we'll talk about how did you get out of debt? Yeah. So like many girls um, and, you know, kids graduating high school. Um, Back in 2004, I was applying to colleges. I um, did not have supportive parents who um, had saved money for me for college or were even encouraging of me to go to college. And it was really up to me to make it happen. And I desperately wanted to get out of my town and start my new life and meet new people and go get an education. I always wanted to um, get an education and I wanted to study biology. So I 
on my own accord, went ahead and started applying to universities and got into University of California, Santa Cruz, which was really exciting for me. And I got to go be a banana slug and live the most magical four years up in the Redwoods and um, having amazing memories. Um, but again, uh, I wasn't educated about what signing all of those student student loan forms meant. So I didn't understand what I was getting into. And I think a lot of people of our generation can understand that, um, you know, I'll, it's not really explained to you well. And all of a sudden you're graduating and you have a mountain of debt that you have no idea how to tackle. So I was at about, I think, $25,000 in debt by the time I graduated college. And that was not even a lot. Like I got a huge amount of help with financial aid, grants and scholarships, and I still was in a huge amount of debt. So for so long, I just ignored it. I thought if it just sits there, maybe it'll go away eventually, or like, I'll take care of it someday, or like, I'm not going to worry about it today. And so that was how I lived for a long time. They were in deferment. They were um, and gaining even more and more interest every day, like a hundred dollars. Um, I think it was like two or three hundred dollars a month in interest. Um, so even when I then I was on like the low income payment plan, all those payment plans they try and set you up with to pay the least amount for wherever how much money you're making, and it was not even covering the interest. I was sending them two two fifty each month, and my debt was going up. It was increasing. And so I was just like, well, forget that. I'm not sending them $250 every month to go down the drain. Basically, it's just money going off, disappearing. And um, so I just, again, continued to ignore it. And then I went to grad school, had to take out a little bit more loans um, to get my teaching credential. And there was also debt from my wedding. So that also was added up. It was mostly from our honeymoon, but yeah. So by the end of it, um, oh, and also car loan. <laughs> so I paid way too much for um, a car, uh, which is another thing I've learned in this journey. But anyways, when all was said and done, I was over $40,000 in debt and I was getting married and starting my life with my husband. So that was really when I got serious. Like he and I were starting our life together and we wanted to start our life on the best foot and really grow our empire of the Robeson family together. So um, I sat down with him. I was, you know, before we got married, very honest. And I, and I was like, you know, this is where I'm at. I'm not happy about it, but like, I'm willing to work on this. And this is something that like we together as a team are going to have to face once we get married. And I was really scared because I thought that he would, cause he's an only child. And sometimes I was scared that like he would not want to help me or that he would, um, you know, just resist like my money versus your money. Um, and that's really how I found the journey that I took to get out of debt is I was Googling like how to merge finances. And I stumbled upon Dave Ramsey and he was talking about when people get married, they really form a team. Like they, what's mine is yours. Your debt is my debt, all that. And um, I kind of like brought that to my husband and didn't know what he was going to say. I didn't know how he was going to react, but uh, him being the most kind hearted, generous person that he is, he was like, let's do this. I'm on board. We're going to, we're going to get out of debt. So 
we were married in June. We started paying off our debt in, um, well, we were already paying off like a little bit here and there, um, but we got serious, serious uh, in August. And 13 months later, we had paid off $38,000 of debt. And now we're debt free. <laughs> I get goosebumps. That story is incredible. That is yeah. a huge deal. $40,000 of debt in a year, essentially. Yeah. That's incredible, really. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so inspired that you decided to start with a fresh slate as a couple and that you teamed up together in that way to make each other stronger and go on this journey together. So um, I know if I don't ask you, I'm going to get a lot of emails and questions. Uh, what is the exact breakdown, if you feel comfortable sharing, in terms of you know how much was it was the honeymoon, how much was the wedding, how much was student, credit card, car, et cetera? Sure. Um, I had about $5,000 of my car loan left over. Um, and then I had about 5,000 from the honeymoon, maybe less, maybe like three or 4,000. And then the remainder was my student loan. I had at the time of us starting $30,000 about of student loans, 25,000 of it being my undergraduate and then about 5,000 being my credential, which was, I also paid a lot of it in cash. So, but I had to take out a little sm small $5,000 loan to get through that uh, year of student teaching, basically. Got yeah. it. And when you went to grad school, did you kind of have your eyes open a little bit more for the second yeah. experience? Were you able to like construct it in a way so that it didn't incur as much debt? Absolutely. Like they offered me a lot more money than I accepted. And I really didn't want to accept any of it. They, um, I thought that I was going to get more financial aid for my teaching credential. I applied for it and I was hoping to get a, a larger grant. They ended up giving me a thousand dollars, which was, you know, better than nothing. But um, I knew that I was going to have to pay for a lot of it out of pocket. So when I knew that I was going to go to school, I started stacking up money and um, saving for it in advance as much as I could. And then when, when I was in school, we were for most of the time on that budget. So we were able to you know, spend less each month so we could devote more to um, that school payment. And yeah, definitely like was at, already looking at this big mountain. I was like, I do not wanna make this mountain any higher. We did end up taking out that 5,000, but um, you know, I wish I didn't have to do that. But in the end that we were able to, you know, paid off quickly. So you knocked yeah. it out and you increased your human capital and your value and your yeah. marketability, you know, Absolutely. In career, which it's easy to forget that that's really valuable long-term. Yeah. And what I think is so cool and what I want to know more is just to give some background story on Jessica and I, we never met in college, but we met through mutual friends in college. So, you know, we both were those undergrads dealing with the Santa Cruz millennial college experience, which was worth it, but oh my goodness, was it expensive? <laughs> and then when I did finally meet Jessica, she was working at a wildlife animal sanctuary and saving animal lives. And if you ever look at her social media, she's literally like this amazing princess of hawks and owls and she knows how to how to handle them and I think you even had a hawk at your wedding is that right yeah actually our ring bearer was a <laughs> ring birder we had a hawk deliver our rings down the aisle and I caught the hawk on my glove and um it was pretty exciting yeah the crowd loved it 
<laughs> Extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, that's what was so magical about this journey is that you were able to do it because as I understand, you know, saving animals is not necessarily the most lucrative job. So how, how did you pay down debt while doing that? Yeah. So like you're saying, I've always had this pull towards animals and it's always been my dream since I was a little girl to work with animals. And that's when I went to UC Santa Cruz, I wanted to study biology so that I could learn more about living animals and living ecosystems. And then that brought me to my career at the Lindsay Wildlife Experience in Walnut Creek, where I was a um, education specialist and I did a lot of outreach and gave programs at the museum. Um, loved that work. It was amazing. I still am involved with that place as a volunteer, but um, yeah, it does not pay. I was getting paid. I think I topped out at $15 an hour and I started at like $11 an hour and I was stoked because I was like living my dream, like the, my dream job. But yeah, kind of as I found that love for education through wildlife, I realized that I could make more as an educator um, once I got a teaching credential. So that was kind of what sparked that idea. Uh, so how did I do it? I just was always looking for a better opportunity, always looking for a way that I could make more money, always looking to grow my income. Um, that was the first step. And like, I'm still not making a lot of money, but I'm making a lot more money today than I was three years ago when I was deep in debt. Um, but on top of that, I was always looking for opportunities to make other money, like um, babysitting, uh, house sitting, uh, dog sitting. <laughs> I even gave you bird sitting once, but yeah, all those types of things. And then I also, I had like a little MLM jewelry business for a little bit and I um, made some money doing that. And I also, um, God, I can't even keep track of all these hustles I've had. Oh, I've been tutoring. I do tutoring on the side and I, um, I was doing makeup. <laughs> I was like, I put up an ad on Craigslist that I could do prom makeup and homecoming makeup for teenagers. So I was making money that way. So I was always just looking for like any way that I could market myself. I, you know, I was kind of listed out my skills and just, um, found every avenue. And I wasn't like, I was just waiting for people to come to me. I was actively posting on Nextdoor, on Craigslist, on Facebook marketplace, for my services. Like I live in your neighborhood. This is what I can offer to you. And I have found so many clients just through those little posts alone that I never would have found um, if I hadn't done that. I love that story. And, yeah. Oh, no, good. I was just gonna say like on top of that, um, what really made the difference and what um, really got us out of debt was the moment we decided to get serious and make a budget. So I sat down with my husband and we were honest about our income for every month and the ways that we could um, add to that and honest about what we could put towards our debt. And we gave every single dollar in our, um, that we were bringing in that month, we gave every single dollar a job and we told it where to go. And as soon as we told our money where to go, we stopped wondering where it went. We, cause I mean, how often at the end of the month, you're just like, where did my money go? When it's like, oh, you know, a beer here at the bar, a, a DoorDash here, like a Starbucks there. I'm just going to be bored. So I'm going to shop on Sephora or whatever it is, you know, like, and then I never kept track of any of my spending. So I never knew where any of my money was going. I didn't know how much I was spending on restaurants or how much money I was spending on 
clothes or whatever. And um, once I got to see it, even I wasn't even being that strict with, we weren't even being that strict with ourselves. We were still allowing some, you know, luxuries in life um, for ourselves. And I think that helped get us through it a little bit. But yeah, like as soon as we got to see it every day, it just, we almost felt like we got a raise. Like we felt like we had more money just because we were paying attention to it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That which gets measured gets managed. Oh, yeah. So powerful. (laughs) Absolutely. That's a great story. You know, budgeting is hard though. I, I have to even respect you more for that. I myself really struggle with a budget. I have sort of discovered a set it and forget it system. And I then look at the after disaster in mint.com or personal capital. Um, so how did you set that budget? How did you stick to it? And I think, I think like that point you made about still enjoying life is critical every step of the way. So you don't burn out and just abandon the whole plan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're budgeting for that enjoyment, then you can afford it. Um, but yeah, as far as like, I kind of, I really made it like a game. Like we were checking up on our budget, like multiple times a day. We use the app from Dave Ramsey called every dollar and Danny and I, and my husband, we both log on to the same account and have access to the same budget. And yeah, it just became like this fun thing for me. Like I love tracking things. I love, like, I love like tracking I don't know. It's just like interesting for me to like look at, you know, I've always enjoyed looking at um, measurements like that. So um, yeah, once we had this like kind of interactive thing on our phone that we could, um, you know, our budget was right there in our pocket all the time. uh, Yeah, it became this like fun thing for me to do. Like I would, every time I spent any money, I would immediately go to my every dollar app and put it in. And then I was always at the end of the day, like maybe watching TV, I would like go through my budget and see what I needed to adjust. Cause I think that was like the most important thing too, is like the, just learning how to use it. Cause a lot of people like get confused. Like they almost, they think they have to like have the money before they like spend the money or it's just like, they kind of look too closely. Like where I'm just looking at like the net in versus the net out. Like, I don't care how much is in this account, how much is in that account, how much is in up here or there. It's just like in versus out. And as long as my in was more than my out, I was feeling good. So yeah, and again, giving every dollar a, a job. So even if I'm not spending that money, I'm budgeting $400 is going to my savings this month. And um, that money I would pay myself first. That goes into my account first, the first of the month. And that way I'm not struggling at the end of the month to come up with that money. Um, but yeah, I think just like, I'm, I'm like obsessed about it. <laughs> I think and you have to be obsessed about it. If you're trying to do it quickly and if you're serious about it, it has to be like your number one goal. And I had so many things, times I had to explain to friends like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm getting out of debt. Like, no, we're not going to splurge on like, you know, whatever. Like I had to like say no to some things, nothing like huge, like nothing that I regret now, but it was just always my, my reason, you know? And, um, yeah. So as far like, but yeah, as far as like treating yourself and giving yourself like that flexibility, um, like months where we knew we were doing something fun, like we love Disneyland. So (laughs) there was like a month when we went to Disneyland and, 
we kind of just put a little bit less towards our debt that month, or maybe spent less in our restaurant budget that month, or maybe spent less in our grocery budget that month. We kind of found the places in our budget where we could pull from and bulk up that $100 or I'm sorry, $1,000 Disney trip. And it was all money, like we paid for it out of our pocket. It wasn't money we were adding to our debt. Um, we were just budgeting for it, making it happen. And it just made it that much more enjoyable knowing that it was responsible spending that we were doing. And um, also just planning for those expenses. Like if you're getting out of debt and you know you're going somewhere in a couple months, put in your monthly budget a couple hundred dollars to set aside for your trip in the future. And then when your trip comes due, you have that money already to spend. So you've already budgeted for it. I love that. That's so yeah. smart. And I think uh, I agree. It's, it is addicting and that is so key is gamification. If you can make it fun in that way, because I think that's how you'll achieve it mm-hmm. is, you know, you want to get that carrot and, and get it taken care of. So that fascinates me too. I would love to know, did you do sort of the Dave Ramsey snowball? And for our listeners who might not know what that is, um, it plays to sort of the psychological element of debt, which is you pay down one debt and then the other, and you don't try to pay them off at all at once because you're, that doesn't give you the psychological satisfaction of having completed like that one goal. So how did you approach the different categories of debt? Yeah, we definitely did use the debt snowball. Um, luckily for us at the time what, that we started, all we had left was, I think, a little bit of credit card debt from our honeymoon and then the student loan debt. So we were able to pay down that credit card debt really quickly and immediately jump to our big, big, big debt, the student loan. Um, But yeah, as far as that psychological effect, I think it really does play a huge part because it's that reward center in your brain that's being like um, stimulated and you can see like the accounts being wiped off of your um, uh, credit score off of your, um, I don't know where they keep track of all these things, but yeah, (laughs) you know, you are chipping away at that mountain. And a lot of people think that you should pay down the debt with the lowest interest first, but oftentimes that's going to be the largest debt. And if you're just seeing, you know, your $20,000 debt become 19,500, become 19,000, like whatever, you know, it just like, is not as satisfying to just like have a thousand dollar debt that you can clear off in one month and then it's gone. And then, and then, yeah, the idea for the debt snowball is, you're paying each of your accounts the minimum payments during that time. So you start with the lowest debt and all the other higher accounts, you're paying the minimum payment. So that once you pay off that small debt, you're taking the money you were putting towards that debt and putting it towards the next higher debt and continuing to pay. So each money, it's like you're, each um, time you pay off a debt, you're adding more and more and it, the, the snowball effect of that money until you're at the highest debt and you're paying off the most amount. And so it's quickly, quickly bringing down the um, balance. Very cool. That is so, that's so admirable and interesting and awesome because I remember hearing about the system, but I, I, I do not know anyone that's accomplished it. And I do actually, like, I really believe talking about money is important. I think a lot of people are doing probably what we did in our early twenties where you just kind of sweep it under the rug. You know, you hope it's doing, you know, you hope you're making more than you're spending, but are you, and how would you possibly know? So I think it's so, so great that you're having this conversation and telling the world about it. Like what inspired you to do that? And I've totally found that too. Like this journey has made me feel so much more comfortable talking about money and even like my own income. Like I used to feel really 
embarrassed about like how much money I made or like, I don't know, even the, um, uncomfortable being around people who made more money than me. But, you know, and in that time I've increased my income, but like, I also just feel like it's so much more healthy to talk about it. Like we should be sharing these things with each other. It helps us to like better understand each other and to know where you're coming from and like what you can and will, um, you know, budget for, you know, it's just like, I, I remember like even avoiding some friendships because I didn't want to be around someone who was in a hugely different financial situation than I was. Um, but yeah. And so I, in this journey, I felt more comfortable talking about it and I've even like felt more comfortable asking other people about it. And I've seen people get a little closed off or uncomfortable. And then I kind of have to like dial it back and be like, okay, like not everyone wants to talk about money or feels comfortable talking about money, but me putting out our journey on social media was really like also another fire under our butt. Like um, for New Year's, we decided to post a like little bulletin board saying like how much debt we had to pay off. And like, that's really like exposing, like to tell my 700, 700 social media followers, which isn't a lot, but still like, it's embarrassing sometimes, but then I also like wanted to like, just put it out there to like show people like I'm doing this, like I'm in this situation and like, you can do this too. And that was, and once I shared it with everyone, that accountability factor was there where I had to follow through because I was going to post about it next month and I was going to post about it the month after that. And, um, I said I was going to do it. So now I have to. Oh, I love it. I'm so inspired and so just like so proud of you and so proud of you <laughs> having this conversation because you, that is the majority. It is weird that people are afraid to talk about it uh, because it, you know, when you look at the statistics, most Americans have kind of like the secret life of debt. Um, and I think only when you bring it to the surface, are you able to kind of like address those underlying issues and accountability is just sort of a brilliant way. I love that you posted on social. I did that once with like weight loss before and after pictures and it really worked. Um, and it's just very brave and very cool that you did that. Did you also see a response in your community? Because 700 is a lot and that's probably all of your friends and loved ones. Did they rally together and kind of cheer you on? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like there's, um, several people who like were really familiar with Dave Ramsey who were cheering me on being like, yeah, girl, like you go debt free scream. <laughs> and, um, and then there's other people who are just like, you know, supportive and said really nice things. And like, so that felt really good. Um, and then whenever I'd see anyone in person, they'd always like reference my social media post like, oh, yeah, so you're paying off debt. That's cool. <laughs> and it almost like made it so I didn't have to explain myself to so many people like they, um, you know, would understand if I didn't bring a gift to a Christmas party or whatever it was like you know, that wasn't my priority that year. Like my priority was paying off debt. So that's so great. I love it. Did it create, did you receive any negative reactions or did it create a rift with any people who maybe had debt and felt uncomfortable? Luckily, no, but I know that can be an issue with people who go through this is um, that, you know, people either like resent that, like they're not spending with them or they are experienced like people just like naysayers who are like, you're never going to be able to do that. Or there's the people who tell you not to get out of debt because the government's going to forgive it in 10 years. And <laughs> according to like everyone that I've 
all the podcasts I listen to, the uh, and Dave Ramsey and other people who have actually tried to get these student loan forgiveness programs. Um, there's like a one percent acceptance rate, like something like nine out of the ninety thousand. <laughs> Um, applications have actually been accepted or some crazy number like that. And yeah, they're basically like a big sham. And a lot of people have this false hope that, oh, I'm just going to pay the minimum payment for 10 years and then it's just going to be forgiven. No, like do your research. Like these programs are not being, um, they're not holding up for end of the bargain. And if you make one little slip up, they'll pin you. And then all of a sudden, 10 years later, after throwing how much money away every month, not even covering the interest, you're still left with a big mountain of debt. And these are all the public servants that are, um, that are supposedly are um, able to get these uh, programs, like the teachers and the firemen and the police and the government workers. And it's really terrible that they give these public servants this sense of false hope and keep mm -hmm. them in debt and keep them you know, basically enslaved to the system. So yeah, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even know there was kind of like that that string of possibility for for forgiveness. So that is crazy. But it must have felt like what? How did you feel? What was the feeling like? Because I can only imagine when you're paying off only your interest. What did that feel like? It felt like I was literally taking my money that, again, at that time I was making $20,000 a year. I was taking my money that I needed so badly and bringing it to the toilet and flushing it down the toilet to the government. <laughs> and like, and yeah, my balance kept increasing. So that's why I just stopped. I was like, I'm not doing this. Not only can I not afford to pay this um, monthly payment, it's not doing anything to help me. So I just stopped. And actually I did get like, there's a lot of scams out there. There are these companies that will offer to get you the lowest student loan payment, um, which you can do on your own through the federal website. But yeah, I got scammed. There's like a lot of scams out there that do this, that target um, people in student loan debt. And they make these promises to you that you're, they're going to get you this like crazy low payment. Um, and then they charge you a fee. So I was getting like the lowest payment, which would have been the lowest payment I was paying without them. Like it would have just been my income driven, income driven repayment plan. And then paying a fee on top of that to them, that was something like 50 to a hundred dollars a month. And then I realized that they were scamming me. And I was like, cause I, I was seeing that I could have gotten the same payment without their help. And so I tried to cancel and they, in order for me to get out of the program, I had to pay off a balance that I owed to them. That was something like at that time it was like a thousand dollars, something like that. Like I had to pay, I totally got scammed. And there are so many people out there that are trying to take advantage of desperate people that are in all the student loan debt. So watch out for that too. Be like, if anyone like, do not pay anyone money other than the federal student loan government, like do not do, gov yeah, the government student loan you know, organization. That's crazy. I had no idea. I had no oh idea. That's why I'm so glad that you're telling me about this. <laughs> yeah, that's awful. Of course. I've yeah. It was embarrassing. And that was something too. I had to like tell my husband about be like, yeah, so I'm pretty sure I got caught up in the scam. And he was like, immediately like, oh, we have to get you out of it. And like, yeah. So I had to end up like paying them off and I was able to negotiate with them because they were, 
trying to get me to pay like so much money. And I was like, okay, how about I'll pay you this much money now? And that's another tip was like, always try and negotiate with these people because if they, you tell them that you will pay them in full now at a lower amount, a lot of times they'll take that. So yeah, instead of paying like, it was something like 1500, I ended up getting out of it for like 800 or something like that. So I was able to get it like almost halfway down. Um, but yeah. <laughs> this the amount that you were paying to these like scam people. So you had, you had to pay them like 800 to even get out of the scam. Is that right? Yeah. Cause I had like, you know, they're not going to call their own company a scam, but like, right. yeah, they had me set up in this like agreement that like I was going to pay them this fee to help me get the lowest student loan payment. And first I was paying that fee monthly. So I had to pay it every month until I fulfilled my contract. And then when I realized I was like, Oh no, fuck this or forget this. I'm <laughs> going that. to, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I called them and I was like, I want out, I want out. And they're like, well, you still owe us this much money. And I was like, okay, I'll pay you this much today. And they were like, all right, <laughs> get, it. get that in writing because then they'll try and come back to you and be like, oh no, no. Like we actually want the full amount. And so you have to make sure that whatever negotiation you make with the company you get in writing. Oh my gosh. That's a good tip. We should do like another episode because that is a killer negotiation style. I'm really impressed. Yeah. Always try and pay less. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll have to ask you all about that as well. But, um, can you name the company that you're working with? Um, yeah, they actually keep, they keep reaching out to me. It's called like Titan services or something like that. They've been sending, um, me emails the past couple weeks, which is so funny because now I'm debt free and they're like, wait a minute, this person doesn't seem to need our services anymore. Oh my goodness. Well, that, that must feel great. And like, that's what I'd love to know too. Kind of what was that turning point where you didn't want to sweep it under the rug anymore? And you were like, that's it. You know, what was that aha moment where the light went off and, you know, change had to happen? Um, I think it was when, I mean, I, it's probably when we got married. Like I knew that it was something I wanted to do before we got married, just because we were like really planning our future together and, you know, talking about like someday buying a house. And I just knew that the longer this money sat there, the further it would keep me from like where I ultimately want to be. Like, and it was just like, I was like in this pause mode and I was ready to just unpause. Like I was in this pause mode where I just wasn't going, moving forward. I wasn't getting closer to my goals. And, you know, a lot of people buy houses and are in debt and, you know, like that's one way of doing it. I just like really knew that for this new life, like this new identity, uh, this new version of like a married me, I wanted to offer like the most success possible to that new person. And I know that in relationships, the number one reason that people fight is because of money and because of finances. And my marriage was so important to me. And I knew that I just wanted to get us on the best first foot, the best, get us off on the right foot from day one. So um, yeah, just, I wanted us to be on the same page financially. I wanted, us to every, I wanted everything to be totally transparent. And I wanted to build that trusting relationship with my partner. And honestly, like it has made us such a stronger, such a stronger couple because um, we just 
like a team, you know, we've totally came at this, come at this together. And um, I would not be where I am today without him. Like, I, I think I would be debt free, but it would have taken me a lot longer. Like, you know, having that joint income and having that partner rooting you along, um, it just like, and just knowing that we were building something together, I think that really was really like, was a driving force. He's also just like a very like level-headed, responsible guy. Like he's very, I always call him my still waters because I'm like a Gemini roller coaster and he's just like still <laughs> calm. And so I think that also really helped him um, just like be a support to me because there was times in this journey where like I would just feel really like overwhelmed and like, like we were never going to get there that, um, you know, I just felt a lot of guilt too for like bringing all of this to him and like, um, but yeah, so he, he just, is just, I don't know. He's so amazing. I love Danny so much and I don't, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he was a huge support. I love that. That sounds a lot like I get it. I get it a lot my, with our, my relationship. It is that like he's the beach and I am the waves crashing on that beach. <laughs> I completely get it. Yeah. But also like, an, but I was the one that was like really keeping him on top of the budget, you know, like I was texting him like, did you input the cat food? <laughs> did you input the groceries that you just picked up? So like, um, you know, he was just like such a good team player though. He was immediately like, oh no, didn't do that. Like, da, 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 like would immediately go and do it. So I was like, we would always like check each other. And um, yeah, so it was definitely a, a team effort for sure. I love that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's great. I think that shows uh, the mark of a couple. If you can kind of team together and face that adversity uh, down instead of letting it kind of tear you apart from the inside. And in terms of planning the wedding, were, were you kind of in debt? It sounds like you were sort of paying your debt off as you were budgeting for a wedding. And what was that like? Uh, it was hard because we, you know, had this idea of having a very inexpensive wedding and that idea kind of went out the window as soon as we started planning the wedding. And I was like, oh, this is how much a wedding costs, I guess. Like, I don't know. But luckily, again, we were very blessed. And um, Danny's parents had money set aside that they gave us to help with the wedding. And my father, which was a huge surprise, came um, through with some money. And so really, we only had to, whatever we paid for the wedding, we paid for out of pocket. Um, so yeah, and then the, what really hit us hard was the honeymoon because <laughs> it was like almost like we went to Kauai and it was not a cheap place to honeymoon. I mean, it was beautiful, but we also took a very long honeymoon. And by the end of the honeymoon, it would almost like had a little sourness to it because I was like done spending money. You know what I mean? I was like, because <laughs> yes. we had just gotten married. We went to our, you know, spending money all the way up to that. And then we immediately went to the honeymoon. We had like one day in between the wedding and the honeymoon. And so then it was just like another marathon of spending, 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 spending. And on that point, it was like, you know, we'd spend our wedding money already. We're putting it on our credit card. And um, yeah, by the end of the trip, I was just like, everything's so expensive. Can we go home? I'm done spending money. 
that's how I feel in Hawaii every time. Like I know. I recommend Thailand, Jamaica. Like yes. we did a few weeks in Hawaii and my wallet was bleeding. It's <sighs> even if you're like, we have travel points and do travel hacking. And even then we were just like, oh, enough, this is outrageous, but it's yes. beautiful. It's worth it. Yes. But uh, yeah, there's other cheaper destinations. But I'm just glad that you were able to achieve this dream wedding, achieve this great honeymoon while still getting to your goals. I mean, that is like an ultimate role model for anyone who, um, like I struggle with balancing life with my budget because I get really obsessive, but the fact that you're able to like live life to its fullest while still achieving those goals, that's really, really inspirational and really important. Yeah. And like, obviously we're very blessed and had a lot of help. Um, and I think if it had been a different situation, if like, we hadn't been offered any gift of money for our wedding, we wouldn't have had the wedding we had. So, um, and that's kind of before I found this debt journey uh, was when we were planning our wedding. And honestly, I think if I was planning my wedding today, after everything I've learned um, from Dave Ramsey and from um, just like different financial planning places and from what I've learned with my own budget, like I probably would not do it the same way again. Um, you know, if I didn't have that gift, you know, if I had to pay $30,000 or more out of my own pocket for my own wedding, knowing what I know now, I don't know. It was a great day, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe I would have spent a little bit less. I hear you. I hear you. I get it. I'm dealing with that right now because I I almost wish I had gotten married 10 years ago when I didn't know any better. (laughs) A lot more fun. So because once you kind of realize the value of money, it can get more intense. But you know, you only you only live once. You hopefully only get married at least three times. So I think that's awesome. Was there like a moment or a feeling when you paid down that debt and you had like succeeded? What did that feel like? Did you see it happen in your bank account in real time or how'd you know that it happened? Yeah. Like I was definitely checking my account like obsessively, just like seeing if the payment had gone through because it takes a few days. I was paying through the Great Lakes um, company for my student loan. So I was always checking the app over and over. And once I saw that paid in full over the account. I was just like, I, I tried to screenshot and they wouldn't let me for security oh. reasons. And I was like, are you kidding me? So then I like took it off of my computer and like screenshot, took a picture with my phone. And yeah, just like seeing that was just a weight lifted. Um, we didn't even get to celebrate as much as we want to do because of coronavirus. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, like this is actually our first month where we are not paying any money towards debt and all of our money is going towards our savings. So that's been the most exciting thing because after um, the snowball, the debt snowball and Dave Ramsey's baby steps, that's step two. Step three is the emergency fund. So right now we're bulking up our emergency fund, trying to save up um, three to six months of living expenses just in case anything ever happened. And so yeah, just having to see on my budget this month that all of the money that I have left over is going to our future and our security is just like the best feeling in the world. And I feel like today I was able to like buy myself some dry shampoo on Ulta and I didn't have to stress about it. I was like, I can afford this dry shampoo, you know, and like just that feeling alone is like, I'm debt free. I can buy as much dry shampoo and altos I want, (laughs) you know, 
that I need yourself exactly (laughs) and it's like still like practical things but even those practical purchases that maybe like made me feel a little bit more stressed before like now I can buy those things without feeling guilty or feeling stressed I'm just like I need dry shampoo I don't have time to shower all the time (laughs) (laughs) you're saving on your water bill there's all yeah like gymnastics you can do but yeah you deserve to have the dry shampoo that you that you need to feel clean on days that you can't shower. So (laughs) I love that. And so like, how are you handling your finances now that you've reached that place? And are you kind of still doing that budget app or are you kind of chilling out a little? Yeah. Yeah, We're pretty much acting as if nothing has changed, which is how we're going to get to our next goal, which is getting that emergency fund. And then we're going to continue on that track once we get to that goal, because we'll be working on our down payment for our house. And so we've, really like learned these skills that are continuing on and on because like we can see how effective they are. And um, yeah, like even though we have like so much money left over this month that we can go towards savings, like I'm still treating that budget like it is hard and fast. Like I am scrimping the saving in each category as much as I can so that I can bulk up that savings faster and faster and faster so that I can get to my next step because the faster that I have my emergency fund, the faster I'm going to get my house payment, the faster I'm going to be starting to build equity. And again, like building that financial ladder, like growing um, to financial freedom. You know, like I want to be in a place, like I have like my dream house in my mind. It's like what I focus on in my meditation. And I want to get to a place where I am in this amazing farmhouse with land like maybe by water and if I can get there by the time you know like in the next 10 years like that's how I'm gonna get there hopefully sooner (laughs) yeah that's wonderful I think at the rate you're going you're gonna be there before you even know it I (laughs) for you I'll put it in my visualization that is powerful isn't it did you use any tools like visualization or affirmations or meditation when you were going through this journey yeah, I actually started meditating um, right at the beginning of the qu- quarantine, um, and it was mostly because I was feeling really depressed. Like, it wasn't really the COVID depression. It was just like, I don't know. I wasn't feeling in the best place, and, you know, I was on the financial journey, and, like, that was making me feel good, but, like, something wasn't, something was missing, and I was also feeling really stressed. Like, I was working so much to try and pay down this debt. I was working seven days a week multiple jobs a day and I was I was also in school <laughs> and doing my student teaching which was working for free and so I was like dying and I was about to go on like antidepressants I was just I could not handle my daily load um and my doctor prescribed meditation <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I actually listened to him I started meditating and it's been, it's been a game changer for sure. Like it's just made me feel so much more confident and decreased my anxiety. And it's made me feel so much more like sure about what I'm doing. And it just like, also it gives me ideas of like other things I want to do, you know, like things that come to me in those moments of stillness with myself that never would have come to me when I'm going, doing, rushing, like, on my phone, watching TV, listening to music or podcasts. Like, you know, it's just like you're using up all of your mental capacity. You're not giving your brain any opportunity to like create, to imagine. 
so yeah, that part of that meditation was like um, envisioning what I wanted for my future and just, um, yeah, actually seeing my goals and seeing my dreams in my head. And, you know, that just helps you to make them more real. Love that. Oh my gosh. You're going to have to teach me that one. Cause I still am one of those meditators that sits there and you know, I can, I can achieve a few minutes of quiet, but uh, yeah, you'll have to teach me your ways. If you have any special techniques. I read a book called sounds really cheesy. It's called stress less accomplish more. <laughs> I dig it. And I love. Yeah. It presented meditation in a very approachable way. And I also was like, Whenever anyone would talk about meditation with me, I would like roll my eyes and be like, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Not for me. Like <laughs> go that way, hippie or whatever, you know, but like, um, the way, and I just thought that it was like this unattainable thing for myself. Like I just wasn't the personality that could ever meditate, but after that book really just presented it in like a carefree, like easy breezy, like no stress type of way. And, um, it got me to be able to meditate. So yeah, give it a try. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It seems like that is the defining advice from Oprah to Steve Jobs. Just everybody who's been really successful has embraced meditation. Yeah. <laughs> it defeats the purpose. So I cannot totally. wait to read. That's a great recommendation. Yeah. I love it. So what kind of advice would you give to someone either who is in college right now, kind of where you were at 10, you know, 10 years ago or more, um, and somebody who is in debt and ready to get out of it. Okay. So I mean, it's hard to say cause everyone's in a different position at home and, you know, is, is, has different goals for their education, but I would definitely advise past Jessica to go to a community college first and pay for college out of pocket. Like, you know, I was working as a waitress bartender. Like I could have continued doing that, making pretty good money for my age and paid for my first two years of college out of pocket. Um, you know, saving money, living at home. Like that was an option for me. Um, so I would tell students today if that is an option for them to do that. The college experience is amazing. Um, and like not always necessary, I guess. Like I feel like you can still have a college experience without going to like a four-year college or university or living in a dorm or whatever that is. And then I would also say to like choose a school that is reasonable for the profession that you're going to get, you know, like there's no reason to spend a hundred thousand dollars going to a private school to get a teaching credential where you're going to be making, you know, not that great of an income. So a lot of people get out of debt and they're like, or get out of school and they're in this huge amount of debt. And then they don't even have the capacity to make an income that's going to be able to help them to pay off that debt. So yeah, like I would, I would research, I would look at um, compare prices of different schools. Um, no one cares when they're looking at your job application, how much you paid for your degree. So, and then also look at the earning potential of the areas that you want to study and, um, don't pay a crazy amount of money for a degree in literature, you know, <laughs> like you have to just like make good choices when it comes to that. Like I, I was um, a biology major and 
I spent a lot of money on that degree and like, I do get to use it a little bit now, but um, you know, if I, looking back, I don't know if I would have done biology at UC Santa Cruz because I could have done biology anywhere else. And unless you're getting a master's in biology or a PhD in biology, like you're not making, and even then, like you're not making a huge amount of money being a biologist. So yeah, it's just important to like consider all those factors and shop around and live close to home if you can. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. I was out of state myself. And so I really thought everyone, we would, I mean, Santa Cruz is almost untradeable. I, yeah. it was so fun. Um, I did transfer though. Cause I was, I wasn't, I was not even in science, which was really unpractical to be there. So, but I was also away from my parents and it's crazy what having family nearby can do at the same time. I mean, getting that sense of independence and at that age was probably a really good learning experience as well. So yeah, for me, it was invaluable. Like, and I had to escape my town personally. <laughs> and I'm so glad I did because it shaped me into the person that I am. Me too. And I've met friends like you. Exactly. <laughs> I know it was, it was game changing. And it is a shame. I think that college is so outrageously expensive, but I know there's ways to do it differently. You're so right. Just kind of like figure out how much that degree is going to cost. Um, and then make your school choice accordingly. And I am the same way. I totally think community college would have been fine because at the end of the day, wherever you get the degree is what people see on your resume. Uh, unless you're going to Ivy league, as long as you have a degree, that's about mm-hmm. the baseline. So. Yeah. You had another question too, though, right? Like it was like, how, what would you say to someone who wants to get out of debt? Was that the yeah, question? Yeah. So think about um, where you were at, maybe when you're pushing it away and somebody who's in that situation, what would you say to them today? Oh my gosh. Yeah. If I could go back and relive those last 10 years, I would have do so many things differently. First of all, I would have been way more careful with like the student loans that I was given from the get-go. Like I would have squirreled away that money as the most of it that I could. And I would have like found so many ways to reduce my expenses, like, you know, eating more at the dining hall or, um, you know, finding a cheaper room to rent or whatever it is. I would have like, I would have picked up another part-time job. Like I would have done more. I was working mostly through college, but um, yeah, I just would have, Um, done it a lot differently in those four years that I was a student. And then when I graduated, I would have immediately started putting as much money as I could towards that debt. Because if I had been serious, like I was making good money, um, you know, not great money, but like enough money where I could, if I was responsible and I had budgeted and I had paid attention to where I was spending, I could have easily been paying down that debt, not just the minimum payment like I was for so long. I could have been doubling, tripling that and um, finding more ways to increase my income. So I would tell a student now to first off, like take the least amount of loans possible. And second to um, work through college. I've gone on this own journey of frugality myself after I also realized like the value of a dollar and what that was in terms of my time and, um, you know, my future investments and all of that kind of thing. And ever since I've turned into a, a nerd. So for example, we've got cats and we deal with cat toys. We actually spend like a ridiculous amount of money on cat toys. <laughs> um, but then I realized like you could create a cat puzzle with this ice cube tray instead of buying it on Amazon, like you said. And that was so satisfying. It was just one of those little weird life hacks where I figured 
figured out how to not spend money and instead like gave my cats ice cube trays of treats for them to play with for hours. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that little stuff can actually be really fun and really rewarding. And even some of my friends who are millionaires um, actually practice stoicism, practice simple living because the knowledge that you can live on, you know, such small resources is incredibly empowering at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, we also like started our own garden and like that saved us a bunch of money in our produce. And like, we, um, yeah, yeah. Like you said, just get, getting creative and using that knowledge you have. Cause yeah, it is really empowering. Like you feel like I did this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Isn't it crazy how many grows on trees? We have a garden right now for the first time ever. And it's like insane actually not having to pay for food. And it just feels, you feel so self-sufficient and that's a really great feeling. Yeah. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, that is the hour we're about to wrap up here, but I would love to know where, like, where can people find you if they have any questions about financial, your financial journey? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> it's at Jessica Banana. Yeah. Jessica Banana on Instagram. That's Jessica with a K. Yes. <laughs> I will include that in the show notes. Okay, and you should definitely check out her Instagram because it's got sort of like that play by play of her debt journey. And I was shocked. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this interview is because I saw like two posts and then suddenly she had accomplished her goal. <laughs> I was like, we must talk. How did you do that so fast? I thought it was going to be years of following. And I, was, I mean, I was excited, but I just thought getting out of debt would take a really long time. Um, and you completely blew me away. So Yeah. Once we told our money where to go and then again, saw where we could increase our income. It was like easy from there, you know, like if you're willing to work hard, then you can do it too. It's, it's doable. Don't wait 10 years. That episode was jam-packed with such great information, and I just want to recap it for you really quickly here today so that you're able to process it. So step one, get serious. Get in the right mindset. Nothing's going to happen if you are really ready and focused, and a lot of it's just sort of a paradigm shift in understanding what you have to do to get there. And so I hope that this episode and this blog was a framework for showing you the way. Step two, keep it simple, sexy. Uh, The KISS acronym will allow you to kiss your debt goodbye. No need to embark upon complicated systems. Just pay down one stream of debt at a time. Step three, track everything. Sign up for com and personal capital so you can get that wonderful exhilarated feeling of watching your debt get paid down step four give every dollar a job whether it's working for you uh, in an investment fund or to pay off your debt or just to pay a grocery bill make your money work for you instead of the other way around step five focus on the lowest debt first also known as the snowball method. Don't try to pay down all of your debts at once. Don't try to pay down the biggest debt. It'll only leave you feeling frustrated and defeated. Start with the smallest debt first so you have that big win that will give you the momentum that you need to keep snowballing it up. Step six, try no buy challenges. So leave your stuff in the Amazon cart overnight or don't buy groceries or anything else for a week. See how long you can go. And hopefully these challenges will help you budget differently and reprioritize what you want versus what you need. Step 
Seven, try a side business, whether it's babysitting, pet sitting, dog walking, personal training, doing makeup, um, life coaching, raking someone's yard, selling stuff on Craigslist or Etsy. There's a thousand and one ways to make money out there, but this also will give you confidence in yourself and could even escalate into something bigger that that maybe is a full-time job. So Step uh, eight, make it a game and team up. And this basically covers step eight through 11. This is something Jessica did great. She recruited her fiance as an accountability accountability buddy. And he obviously was very invested in her success. And together, you know, that partnership really helped. But she also made it public and informed her community, which is huge. If you check out the blog that this episode inspired, do look at her Instagram posts. It's a journey and there's lots of highs and lows and you're rooting for her by the end of it and you're feeling that excitement that the rest of her community is feeling to cheer her on. And if you're worried about going public, then I would say check out our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash money self-made. That's a safe space for you to announce your financial goals and we will all be there for you ready to support, offer advice, whatever you need. So that's a space for you to make it public. And then finally, visualization and meditation. Again, that goes back to step number one. You need to keep your mindset focused. A a good mindset is going to be a good thing to manage before you manage your money or they'll work in tandem together. So try to keep your head straight throughout the process. Take deep breaths, relax, treat yourself. And then finally, as a bonus, Jessica mentions, maybe avoid debt in the first place wherever possible. That's the best way to get out of debt. So whether that's not taking on a brand new car payment um, or really considering the earning potential of that degree that you're about to go after, these are all important things to consider. And if you are going to go into debt, do it with a budget and start paying it down immediately. And that'll save you a lot of headache in years to come. As always, make it your mission to make someone's day better. I hope you have an incredible day. Thank you for tuning in. It really does mean everything to me that you listen to these episodes. We have more great ones coming up for you, so stay tuned.